Thank you for joining us on the Hope Church LV podcast. We're excited you came across this message. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead and open up the Hope Church LV app or visit HopeChurchLV.com and click connect with us to fill out a short digital connection card. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast to help spread Hope Church to the world. Once again, thanks for joining us today. My family, my family, good morning. Good morning. All right, my family, my family, good morning. Good morning. Man, hey, how was y'all's Thanksgiving? Was it good? Yeah. All right. Y'all bring me a plate? Man, y'all don't love me, man. Y'all don't love me. <laughs> y'all thank you. I appreciate it. Well, speaking of Thanksgiving, um, it was Thanksgiving dinner, and the table was spread. It was beautiful. It was bountiful. The mother of the home spent all morning cooking. She cooked collard greens, black-eyed peas, cornbread. Okay, I'll go to the side. Collard greens, black-eyed peas, cornbread, your turkey, you know what I'm saying? So she called the whole family down to come eat. And uh, as they're eating, the father of the home notices his two daughters continuing to misbehave at the table. He says, girls, please stop. They don't. And so he says, okay, girls, that's enough. Go to your room. They head into their room now, but then they hear their mother calling them back down to dinner. As they get at the table, they notice that dad is missing. They say, hey, mom, where's dad? She says, well, your dad loves you so much. He did not want you to miss out on this great meal, but he could not lower his standard. So your dad is in his room taking your punishment and putting it on his shoulders. And then she would say something that would pierce the girl's heart. She would say, girls... As you enjoy this great Thanksgiving meal, please don't forget that your father has willingly took on your punishment on himself. So the next time you see him, don't forget to tell him, thank you. Hope Church, what are we most thankful for this holiday season? Maybe it's the food on the table, the friends around the table. Maybe it's just to having a restful break. But there is one thing that should rise above all the rest, and that is that somebody died, gave their life so that we might enjoy ours. That's all right. You got it. Here we go. Listen. That Jesus Christ loved you and I so much, he did not want us to miss out on everlasting life. So in an outstanding act of grace, he would take on your sin, your shame, all your mess, put it on his shoulders for free. This is called the gospel, what we call the good news. Now, normally when I preach the gospel, I tend to save it towards the end. But since it's Thanksgiving, I bring dessert out a little bit early. And the dessert is that you sit in the seat you're sitting all because Christ was willing to love you when no one else would. And that God gave his life to bring you back to him. But I still hear the words of of those young girls' mother. As if to say, Hope Church... As you enjoy all the festivities, all the blessings of life, please don't forget that Jesus Christ took on all your mess on his shoulders for free. So the next time you think about him, don't forget to open your mouth and tell him thank you. Today we're going to hear about a story of an amazing character. And of all the people who should not have seen God's goodness, he saw it. In fact, it's interesting that um, the very folks who should see God's goodness are often blind to it. 
But the folks who should see God's goodness are, what am I trying to say? Reverse that. The folks who should see God's goodness often don't see it. And the folks who should not see God's goodness are often the ones who see it. Today is an interesting story about a person who, by all accounts, should not see the goodness of God. And yet he does, and he responds in the most appropriate way. He says, thank you. Uh, it, it, it often blows my mind that you can be physically blind, but yet still spiritually see. And this is what we shall see today. So turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And as you turn there, uh, I don't have much for you, but just four reasons why you and I should say thank you, Jesus. That's all I got. Four reasons why you and I should tell God thank you for who he is and what he has done. So as you turn to Luke chapter 18, let me go ahead and set the scene for you. We meet Christ in Luke chapter 18 taking a walk. But it's all about where he's walking and the time in which he's walking. He's walking towards the city of Jerusalem. Now, he's about a few days out from him hanging on the cross. The city of Jerusalem is where Christ would die on the cross for our sins. He's about he's a few days out from hanging on the cross, but it's also the time in which he's walking. He's walking during the Passover festival. This is where Jews celebrated that God released them from slavery in Egypt. This story is found in the Old Testament book of Exodus. But as he's walking to Jerusalem, he has to go through a small town called Jericho. Now, I, like, I love history. All right? You know, I love history. And the history of Jericho is very interesting. Jericho is considered one of the oldest cities in all the world. But even though it's an old city, uh, it's a beautiful city. It's called the City of Palms. It's known for its uh, pleasant climate, its beautiful gardens, its enormous palaces. And also, history tells us that the Roman leader Mark Antony would gift this city to his African queen, Cleopatra. This is a special place. It also sits on, the, on one of the most busiest trade routes in all the ancient world. This is a unique place. So if you were traveling towards Jerusalem, this is the perfect place to stop and get some rest. But as we meet Christ on this road to Jericho, we also meet a man named Bartimaeus. Um, this story here is found in two other Gospels, Matthew chapter 20 and Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, this is where we know his name from, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is blind and he's a beggar. You didn't hear what I just said. He's blind and he's a beggar. That's what you call uh, twin hopelessness, dual difficulty. He's blind and so he begs and he begs because he's blind. Um, by all accounts, his social status is extremely low. He's a peasant. And his hope every day is someone tossing a penny into his cup. You know what Bartimaeus shows us off, off the bat? You can live in one of the most beautiful places and still face some of the most ugliest of realities. Much like Las Vegas. A beautiful city. But so many of us face the ugliest of realities. But I got some good news for Bartimaeus. His hope today is not someone coming by to place a penny in his cup. His hope today is the sound of Jesus Christ walking by him. All right, now, y'all good? All right, now, Luke 18, all right, pick me up, verse 35. Luke 18, verse 35. It says this. As he drew near Jericho, this is Jesus, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. 
And hearing the crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came there, he asked, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. When they saw it, gave praise to God. All right. I'm going to give you four reasons why you and I should say thank you to Jesus. And that first reason is that Jesus comes to those who could not come to him. Christ is walking now in Jericho. In Jericho. A crowd is following him. And all of this uh, hullabaloo, all of this loud noises, it must have caught Bartimaeus' attention. You know, they say that when one uh, sense fails, the other senses grow stronger. I wonder if Bartimaeus' hearing had increased because in verse 36 it says, and hearing the crowd, he asked what this meant. Now step into the story with me. Bartimaeus is a beggar, meaning he's used to crowds walking by him. What makes this crowd so different? Well, it's not the crowd, but it's who the crowd is following. Evidently, somebody must have walked past him and said the name Jesus. Now, I wonder if Bartimaeus would have known who Christ was. Maybe he had a blind friend who bumped into Jesus. As he bumped into Jesus, Christ would heal him from his blindness. And maybe that blind friend came back to Bartimaeus and said, Hey, Bartimaeus, I met a man who healed my sight. And maybe, just maybe, if he did that for me, he can also do that for you. Hear me, Hope Church. Never underestimate the power of a satisfied customer. When you and I see what God has done in our lives and we have the audacity to tell somebody else that what Christ has done for us and to say, maybe, just maybe, if he did that for me, he can also do that for you. But our man says, hey, what's all the commotion? Someone says, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. I think this moment in the story might be one of the most important. Because Bartimaeus is as if time stops. He begins to reflect on all he's ever heard about Jesus. All the amazing miracles and the power of, of, of who he is. And I believe as he continued to reflect about who Christ was and what Christ could do, he began to rise his hope and plant his hope after what he was hearing. That's a picture of faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Maybe he's just hearing all that Christ can do. He's so amazed that it begins to rise up in him hope that maybe, just maybe, if Christ did that for them, he can also do that for me. So much so that he screams out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus, I know you're blind, but you're also deaf. They said Jesus of Nazareth. You said 
Jesus, son of David. I told you earlier that you can be physically blind, but still spiritually see. Bartimaeus says, I know what all those people call you, but based off of your resume, I know who you really are. You are the savior of the world. You have to know Christ for yourself. Don't let anybody else tell you who Christ is. You know him for yourself. Man, and, 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 and evidently, he understands that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah. He is the one that the Old Testament promised. He is the one to fulfill all of God's law. He is the one to come from David, King David's line. In fact, 2 Samuel says it this way. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, this is God talking to David. I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Hear me, Bartimaeus knew that Christ was the Messiah. He knew that the Messiah had certain powers. And so in Luke 4, 18, there's a list of things the Messiah would do. And one of those things was recovering of sight to those who are blind. Bartimaeus says, I know who you are. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus, you're a peasant. What gives you the right to think you can talk to the king? There's two things going for Bartimaeus, his location and his desperation. He's on the road in which Christ has to come by. If there was ever a place for Jesus to see me, this was the perfect spot. And then secondly, his desperation. See, in, the, um, in verse 38, in the Greek language, when it says he cried, uh, this is not... Hey, Jesus, if you got a little time, stop by, see your boy. I got a little issue out of your handle. No, this is a scream. It's to yell so loud you can't understand what the person is actually saying. And, and, and Luke here uses two different words for cry. In verse 38, he's saying, he's crying out to say, hey, Jesus, I, see me. But the second cry. It's more desperate. It's a cry that says, if you don't see me, I have no hope. I got a question to ask you. Have we lost that kind of desperation? To get on your knees and say, Jesus, if you don't help me, I have no other hope. If you don't heal my marriage, I have no hope. If you don't save my kids, I have no hope. What happened to our desperation? And all of our prosperity, we've lost our desire to need God. You know what makes me sad? We act as if we are the heroes of our own story. As if you always had it together. Okay, y'all ain't. All right, I'm good. Um, you will not appreciate the story of Bartimaeus until you see yourself as Bartimaeus. I know you, I, I, listen, I know you dress nice, you smell good, your car is nice. I get that. Amen. 
But if you think it was your talent or your gift that gave you those things, humble yourself. You ain't that cute. All right, come on. Um, but I was talking with Pastor Lance backstage, and, and we were talking about, Ricky, how do we draw a connection to help our people understand that they are Bartimaeus? Well, Bartimaeus couldn't physically see Jesus. That means he had to hope in what he heard. He had a choice to make. I'm not going to let what I see dictate what I know. You and I have a choice to make. We can't see Christ physically, but what we heard of him, we can place our faith in that. How many of you right now are sitting in the seat saved all because you heard what Christ could do for somebody else? But man, I got some good news for y'all. Say, Pastor Rick, what's the good news? Go ahead and say it. The good news is they tell me Jesus is passing by. And if you have a need for him, you got two things going for you, your location and your desperation. If Christ came to Bartimaeus, what makes you think Christ won't come to you? But also, let me say this too. I know we all have had some prayers that God has not answered. And we tend, after some years, to bury those things as if to say, God just can't do that anymore. Do me a favor. Dig that back up. If God saves your soul, what makes you think he can't take care of your earthly problems? So how do we respond? By simply saying this, thank you, Jesus, for coming to us when we could not come to you. Anybody thankful that God came to them because they could not get to him? All right, now, for our next point, our next reason to be thankful is this, that Jesus sees those in desperate situations. In verse 40, it says that Christ stopped. What's the big deal, Ricky? Well, I just told you, he's days away from hanging on the cross. He's about to have nails pierced in his hands, and he has time to stop. Our souls are weighing in the balance, and Jesus Christ finds time to pause, pivot, and come, you see that right there? You see that pivot? That was, that was, that was, I don't even plan that. That was natural. That's Holy Spirit right there. Look, Ooh, look. He paused and pivoted. Y'all, come on. Stop playing. He paused and pivoted to this broken man. What do you think Christ is trying to tell us right now in 2023 in the most busy season of the year? He's trying to help us understand what made him stop and pivot was compassion. Compassion stops, sees, and helps when others tend to keep going. When's the last time you stopped, saw, and helped? 
to be fair to you, um, I have not always done well on this. So I want to tell you the most embarrassing moment of my ministry career. And let me tell you that I may offend somebody in the room. And if I do, please hear me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to make a point that as a pastor, I struggle with the same things you struggle with yourself. I preached my first sermon in 2014. Preaching about God's love and his, his grace. So I'm preaching a, a homeless man walks in the back. I get done preaching, and I'm doing the invitation, calling people forward to pray, and I can see him walking towards me. He's about 10 feet off, and, and I can smell alcohol, feces, and a hard life. He gets right to my face, and I'm engulfed in decay. The stench of his body was so egregious, I could not even look at him. I gave him a five-second prayer, did not hear anything he was saying, and sent him on his way. I get to the car and say, Jesus, I want to be a pastor. Holy Spirit says, you want a pastor, son? You better get used to that smell. Because that's how your sin smells before me, a pure and holy God. I forgot that I was him. When I came to my Savior, with all my lying and conniving and lust and gossip, that stench stunk in front of his nostrils. But he didn't turn away from me. He embraced me as if to say, boy, my grace is sufficient to cover your odor. Don't forget, that's you. Just because you put on some Chanel. Rosie, I'm not buying you no Chanel either. You're just putting perfume on a rotten body. Whether you like to admit it or not, we are all Bartimaeus. Man, that clock is moving. I got to go. All right. Um. What I'm trying to say, Hope Church, is slow down. I'll say it this way. What good is it to be on the move for God if we keep moving past the people God wants to move in? I'm on mission. Great. But you keep walking past the mission. The mission is people. Slow down. We are such in a rush all the time. And we are missing opportunities to love on people. Not just spiritually, but also a little bit in your own family. We're so accustomed to being more faithful to our schedules than we are to our own people in our own household. We miss moments to be compassionate to our kids and to our spouses because we want to keep our to-do list. Slow down. But I got some good news for you. So, Pastor Ricky, what's the good news? If Christ had time to stop for Bartimaeus, Christ has time to stop for you. 
If Christ had time to stop for Bartimaeus, Christ has time to stop for you and see about your problem. How do you respond to this? You say, thank you, Jesus, for seeing us in our desperate situation. Uh, I want to give you a quick quote that I've been living by recently. This really, it really spoke to my soul, and I pray it's good for you too. This is the quote that really is, is rocking me about slowing down. It says this, don't be in too much of a hurry because you will run past way more than you will ever catch up with. Slow down. All right, now to our next point. The next reason to say thank you is that Jesus hears those who need help. In verse 41, Christ asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? I love this. Because by Christ asking this question, what he's doing is he's saying, Bartimaeus, you have value. No matter who walked past you, no matter who ignored you, I am the creator of the world, and I'm telling you, you have value because you are made in my image. Bartimaeus is not a blind man. He's a man made in God's image, who God loves, who God died for, who is blind. But he's also saying that people are not problems to be fixed. They're people to be loved. Okay, you did, you, I'm, I'm on this side. Ever ask yourself the question, why do I get so angry when folks ask for my help? Maybe it's because you're looking at people as problems to be fixed and not people to be loved. Could you imagine if Christ looked at you like that? Okay, yep. <sighs> Could you imagine if your Savior was like, ah, oh, down across again? Man. Can you stop treating people as if Christ did not die for them? But, just, but, but, but the question is amazing. He gives Bartimaeus a blank check. What do you want me to do for you? Now, if you were Bartimaeus, what would you ask for? For me, it would be, you know, better kneecaps. You know what I'm saying? A bigger chest. He just get kind of swole. The jacket covers up the muscles. Don't be fooled. Um, but Bartimaeus doesn't ask for wealth or status or even got out of poverty. He asks for the very thing we all take for granted in this room. Sight. It's essential. He asks simply for sight. This, like, like for me, this is amazing. Um, what? Christ, Bartimaeus is blind. <laughs> you know what he wants. Like, come on, come, come on, Jesus. Like, really? A blind man, hey, what do you want? I want to see. But he's not asking the question. But hear me, every time Christ asks a question, it's rhetorical. He's not asking because he does not know. He's asking because he's saying, Bartimaeus, I want to pull out your need for me. I want you to articulate you need me. And when I just said that, all of us in the room cringed because we don't like needing God. You don't. Maybe, maybe that's why we don't pray as much as we should. 
Pastor Ricky, I went to the best of schools. I live in the best of neighborhoods. I got the best of pedigree. I'm gifted. I'm young. I don't need God. You know what's funny? Christians, we never really say the honest things. We just say it inside. Man, y'all, man, y'all, all right, man, y'all act like I'm just up here lying. All right, don't worry about it. I'll keep going, man, because he's saying, Brother Maius, you need me. That baby needs a hug, too. Amen. Amen. Give that baby a hug. Amen. It's all right, but it's all right. Pastor Scott said it this way. I love this. We must never forget our utter inability apart from God's empowering grace. Here it is. Here it is. Here it. We are always needy. Say that last line with me. Here it is. It's like one, two, three. We are always needy. Some of you are saying, Pastor Ricky, I do see my desperate need for God. I have been crying out to him. And I've been crying out so much that my, that my pillow is soaked and wet from my tears. Can I tell you something? Pastor Charlie Date said it this way. When we cry to Jesus, you never cry alone. Jesus knows exactly what you are going through. So guess what? I got some really good news for you. Anybody got some deeds? Anybody got some needs? Are only five people? Okay. <laughs> they tell me Jesus is passing by. He sees your situation, and he even has ears to hear your problem. How do we respond to Jesus being so good to us? You simply say, thank you, Jesus, for hearing our sorrowful cries for help. Amen. And now to our last point, which is Jesus offers hope and salvation. Bartimaeus says, Christ, I want to see. And in verse 42, Christ says, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. I, I love this. Um, when Christ says your faith has made you well, he's not saying, Bartimaeus, you, you, you did something to earn my help. No, he says, Bartimaeus, you brought the problem to the only one who can actually fix it. Hope Church, good question to ask you right here. What is the object of your faith? Is it money? Family? Your job? Your talent? If I can just get in with this person, if I can just get this thing on my resume, stop deifying people. They are not God. The only hope you have is placing your hope in Christ Jesus. Now, it says your faith has made you well. This is the same word in the Greek language as equal to the word saved. There's two parts of this healing right here. Christ says, Bartimaeus, I've healed you physically. You can see. Bartimaeus, I've healed your soul. You can also see that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Bartimaeus, you can see now. But Bartimaeus, you can see now. This is an amazing story. Do you not hear the idea of coming from darkness to light? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Here it is. Bartimaeus says, let me just interject here. I was blind, but now I see. 
um, I think the shout here is that though Bartimaeus couldn't see Jesus physically, he believed in the words that he heard about him. And the shout is, the words he heard all came true. You didn't. Man. The man could not see, but he could hear of what this Jesus Christ could do. And he put his faith in him. And when his faith did not fail him, when Christ healed him, he says, thank you, Jesus. Now, for Luke, the gospel writer who writes this pericope, this narrative, glorifying God was a big deal for Luke. And pretty much when Bartimaeus now can see his, his, his soul has now been saved, it says he followed Jesus, meaning he followed that day and never stopped following. To be a Jesus follower means you start one day and you never stop following Jesus. Stop trying to lead Jesus. That's not your position. Your position is to follow behind the shepherd. I find it funny that in Luke, he was always big about people understanding what Christ had did for them and that they would be so thankful. He didn't have to pry out of them a thank you. Is that the issue here? Have we forgotten all that Christ has done for us? Have you forgotten that you are not always as put together as you are now? Why does Christ have to pull out of you a hallelujah? I'll say it to you this way. Speaking of saying thank you to Jesus, you can skip that. Go ahead. Yep. Mm -hmm. Next slide. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. There it is. Why do we follow Jesus so quietly when his grace has spoken so loudly in our lives? Why do we follow him so quietly as if your marriage wouldn't be in shambles if God didn't show up? true story of about 70 years ago, if you would have walked down on the coastline, you would have seen a man carrying a white bucket, tossing up pieces of shrimp. His name was old Eddie Rickenbacker. He was an old war pilot who would ask the president now for one last mission. He would be off, he and his crew, now to the South Pacific. They would complete their mission, but on their way back, their plane had some issues and malfunctioned and crashed in the South Pacific. Leaving now, Eddie and Ricky back in his crew in one yellow life raft. They were on that life raft for about eight days without food and water. Eddie Rickenbacker surveying the scene, realizing that we're not going to make it. So he began to pray. As he prayed, he felt a, a pecking on his head. He said to himself, that's a seagull. I can catch it and kill it if it's enough food for me and my crew. So he caught the seagull, broke his neck, took, took all the feathers out, and used the entrails for fishing bait. And for the next 20-some-odd days, they were able to survive long enough to be brought back to America. About 70-some-odd years ago, if you'd have walked down the coastline, you would have seen old Eddie Rickenbacker with his white bucket tossing up pieces of shrimp. But they said, if you would have listened closely, you would have heard old Eddie Rickenbacker say, thank you. 
because when somebody dies for you, the least you can do is say thank you. If I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't say thank you enough. Jesus made it his business to find broken people and walk beside them, see them, hear their cry, and offer them hope in their darkest moments and salvation for their soul. When somebody dies for you, when they provide for you, forgive you, give you grace, give you mercy, the least you can do in your busy schedule is to say thank you. Father God, I pray that this word fell on good soil. I pray, God, that we would see that um, apart from your grace and your mercy, we have nothing. Would you help your people be needy for you, God? The most important part of the story is that, yes, Christ wants to provide for your physical needs, but the most important part of the story is that he wants to save your soul. God, would you save souls today? This is our prayer, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. All right, now, um, if you don't know Christ Jesus, whether you know it or not, you are Bartimaeus. You have no hope. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. You have tried every single thing in your life, and you're still coming up empty. You are Bartimaeus. But I got some good news for you. Jesus Christ tends to come to those who need him. Christ wants to save your soul. Give your life to him. There is no one like him. For those of us who are Christians, don't forget that at one point we all were Bartimaeus. But Jesus saw our soul. And he had time to stop, see us, hear us, and save us. So if Christ provided for you eternal salvation back then, if he provided for your needs back then, what makes you think he won't provide for your needs now? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll say it this way. Past faithfulness should bring present hope. So as our pastors come, if you are a Christian and you've buried those needs that life has just said, shh, Christ does not do that anymore, dig that back up. Lay that at his feet. And if you are not a believer, I'm sorry, you're on the road to hopelessness. But there is one walking who brings hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. And we want to introduce you to him.
church, the way we glorify Jesus is by saying thank you with our lives. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, saved a wretch like me. We once were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. So as we begin to sing, if you don't have to leave, please don't leave. Can you stay and pray that God will save someone's souls this afternoon? I know you're busy, but no one is more busy than Jesus, and he had time to stop. So, so can you please stay and pray that God will save someone's souls this afternoon? So let's rise. If you have some needs, if you want to meet this Jesus, our pastors are here pray with you. So when we begin to sing, it's your time to respond.